Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of Scare You to Sleep. This story was sent to me by a very talented author and filmmaker named Natalie Rodriguez. I was so eager to work on this because it's it's incredibly raw and haunting and beautiful and ugly all at the same time. The reason this is being released separately from my regular episode is because it does require a whole truck full of trigger warnings. The following story has very heavy themes, including sexual assault involving both adults and children, talk of self-harm, addiction, and PTSD. I believe those are all the warnings. So just know that this is, as I said, a very heavy narrative, but something that meant a lot to the author and frankly, I just think it deserves a voice. Feel free to skip it if these themes will cause you any sort of distress. There will be a normal episode this week, just like always, so don't worry. I will see you then. Please take care, listeners. Your mental health is much more important to me than any clicks or downloads. So seriously, feel free to skip this one if you need to. Like I said, very heavy themes. Please listen listen again. I'm going to list them again. The trigger warnings are sexual assault involving both adults and children, talk of self-harm, addiction, and PTSD. So for those of you who need to skip this one, I love you and I hope you take care of yourself and I will see you on Thursday when we have a normal episode. Now, without further ado, I present Inner Child by Natalie Rodriguez. Prologue. I couldn't breathe. Death took over. I wasn't in control of my body. I couldn't sleep. Fear. But facing death was a wake-up call. I refused to die. I'm relieved to be alive. Night terrors. Something heavy presses me down onto my bed, but not by choice. My chest tightens from the loss of air that grows weaker and weaker. Fading. I cannot see anything except for the black silhouette that hovers over me. No sign of feet arms, hands, or even a face. But I can feel it. The burly size of an adult man is on top of me. Harder and harder he goes in. I scream, but choke on my saliva and tears that fume at the corners of my mouth. This is it. I am going to die. Until... Suddenly, it just builds and builds and erupts from my chest and out of my mouth. Hyperventilation. Tears. Screaming and some more screaming. Here and now, I think to myself. 
but I cannot move. I cannot breathe. Cassie. The voice slowly evolves to life. Its voice. His voice. Not real. I reshut my eyes, forcing my legs to a stop from their squirms. Paralyzed from my feet up, my eyes scream open with terror. I stare my enemy into the eyes. A nameless, black, hollow face. Cassie! It hisses and breathes against my cold skin, warm and sticky like sandpaper. I squeeze my eyes tight. My mind screams here and now. I gasp as something heavy is yanked off me. My eyes scream open. A small gasp escapes my lips. I fling up in bed, gasping for some air. It is hot, like red-hot chili peppers, until my breathing slows down and the air becomes lukewarm. My eyes jump around from the four corners of my bedroom walls. Good. I am still here. I still feel hot, and I look down, noticing my drenched pajama gray t-shirt. In fact, I can feel it too. I move onto the comforter at the foot of the bed. Weird that I pulled it over me last night. Fuck, there it is. I pissed myself last night. My goddamn bed is stained with piss and there might as well be shit. God damn it. I just washed those sheets this past weekend. But at this exact moment, I am still shaken. My fingers quiver uncontrollably, and so does my bottom lip, as I eye my alarm clock. 8.30 a.m. It is almost time to go. I can't be late. The Here and Now I close my composition book, but my hands continue to shake, even though sitting on top of them does nothing. It was only a nightmare, Cassie. She reassures me for the millionth time. Sitting across from me is Dr. Reed, my therapist. I know, that's when I woke up. More note-taking on her end. I hate watching that thing. The pen moving its dumb ass to the left and right. Mocking my every move. Marking my every word. I want you to remember, Cassie, that the focus of trauma work is not necessarily the details, but your thoughts and feelings towards it. Your present-day self looking back at your past self through a different lens. Jesus Christ. Like I don't already know that? 
My hands start gripping onto the couch. What you had earlier was a night terror. Shut up. It's very common, even people with a history of, yeah, I know. I blurt out, surprised myself for even speaking up. My eyes must be wider than an antler's, if that even makes any sense. None of this makes any sense, at least to me. Cassie? My eyes return to read. You sure? I take a moment, but my jaw won't disengage. Not the falling apart sort of thing, but the fact that my tongue feels ten times heavier, like my teeth are sinking into an apricot or lemon. I don't know which one is worse. Guess neither, if compared to my... my... background. Cassie? I still feel this need, Dr. Reed, you know... Go into details of it, all of it. I watch her scribble scrabble onto the notepad. That pen mocks my eyes. Left to right, right to left, that stupid little red pen. I, I fucking hate it. You know, it just rolls off my tongue. I slept perfectly fine before coming here. Oh. Now you look up at me. That holds your attention. But I keep going. If I chose to be publicly open of my past, then maybe I'll heal faster. Move on with my life. No, no. Why are her eyes watery? Stop worrying about me. What you've been doing, Cassie, she says and sets down her little red pen. Reed leans forward and I catch a whiff of her perfume. Strong, but not the old lady kind or too flowery. You're still pursuing your goals. You've already made the hardest choice by distancing yourself from certain relatives. Your aunt, your cousin. It's been three years since your father's... My heart skips a beat. That tightness... It contracts the pain in my chest, stinging up my eyes with water. Not tears. I I don't know what to call it exactly. Cassie? What if it was always unavoidable? Someone else could have done it to me still. And Reed takes a moment to watch. Me. Gripping nice and hard onto the couch. Fuck. I can't relax ever when it comes to this shit. Whenever it comes to my... My... I don't know why I have to come here. I'm not the addict. The liar, manipulator, lowlife, loser. It just pours out. No filter. Sorry, kids. You know how embarrassing it is to ask Mommy Dearest for 20 bucks for our weekly sessions because I can't find a stupid job? That's all the help I'll ever get from her. Money. She expects someone like you to wave your magic wand and just cure me from the drama that I only bring upon myself. They should be the ones here. Not me. I didn't do anything wrong. I nearly concave into the black leather couch. 
hoping to be swallowed up as whole or chewed up, whichever is the quickest way out of this hellhole. You think that you're suffering, she says with a straight face. Uh, yes. You're upset. Seriously, what is up with the resting bitch face? My body yanks me up, straighter than an arrow. I just stare deep into her eyes. Those tearful eyes. Stop crying. And why wouldn't I be? You know, I hate coming here. And I even hate... My eyes enlarge to the width of my oval-shaped head. Fuck. Why am I such a goddamn asshole? Dr. Reed bobs her head because... That is what they all do, right? Agree with us, or agree to disagree. I wonder if therapists wish to bitch-slap their patients. I deserve it. I deserved it. I know, she says, and finally meets my gaze. You hate me too, because I'm the one who's making you think, which only rushes back the memories. Yeah? Cassie. She glances away for a moment and sniffles. Oh my god. Now she really is in tears. The kind that no one is to ever see. You didn't do anything wrong. You were only a child. You didn't know any better. I know, Dr. Reed, but... But... Cassie... She picks up and leans to the tip of her own black leather chair. If I were to remove you from the toxic and dysfunction when you were a child and place you into a safer environment that you are in today, you'd still have the same reactions. Loss, regret, fear. Fear. I can no longer hold back. I hate them. My God. I am exhausted and the strain on my voice is a starter. My life is nothing but a cliche. They've only dealt with life by drinking, drugs, violence. Cassie, what if I repeat history? Reed already knows that has never been a question, but a cold hard fact. She grabs a tissue and passes it over to me. I had not noticed. Guess the teardrops on the couch is a giveaway of my breakdown in today's session. Reed rises and makes her way over. She kneels in front of me. Her warm hands grab my cold fingers. I squeeze back, but I can't manage to look her in the eye. I'm still a slobbery, hot, sticky, and red mess. Nobody's future is destined to be doomed, Cassie. We have the choice, and you've done something that many people are too afraid to do. Focusing on yourself. You put yourself first. That takes a lot of courage. I hiccup a sob back, but the tears won't stop at all. 
Reed joins me on the couch and lets out a sigh of exhaustion. She too has a slight strain in her upbeat voice. You're not your family. You're not your father. You've never been or ever will become them, Cassie. You're working through your trauma. You're doing the best you can. I can't look at her. My eyes hurt too much. All right, she says with a sigh of disappointment. Figures. We'll stop there. In the meantime, keep journaling. I want you to explore how certain events, people, or even the dreams make you feel. Rather than explaining details. Details could be a possibility in the future, but to go into details when the stressors are already so high could sometimes re-trigger the trauma itself for a survivor. Survivor. There's that word again. You're going to give me something, aren't you? Now my eyes level up to her. Reed's look says enough, especially when she retrieves to her chair and reaches for something underneath her desk from a black mini suitcase. I think it's a suitcase. It's one of those carry-ons, but the pleather kind. My heart winces as soon as Reed starts writing something down onto a piece of paper. Fuck. I'm giving you the number of my colleague who specializes in it. It, as in pills. Like I said, I don't believe in... Medicine? Yeah, sure. She lowers her arm with a stupid little slip of paper, and I stare back at her. Just think of this as a backup plan. She reassures me with that soft tone of hers. I mean, it does help. A lot, actually, because my mind is distracted, which is good. Cassie. I glance over my shoulder, but see nothing except the less valuable objects from the wall to the small kid's table in the corner that has some board games and scattered coloring books everywhere. I no longer hear the voice, but for some reason I can just feel it crawling from underneath my skin. I shiver and hug myself to protect my soul with warmth. In case you have trouble falling asleep, we'll pick up Thursday, is all I hear Reed say, before I decide to take the prescription slip. Them. It is all one long, open roadway. Passing by, and passing by. I guess my eyes find the empty or busy road at some point, but all I recall are the faces, their faces, all of them elongated into different shapes and sizes as they force their way into my cranium, drilling a million holes to just torment me over and over again. Every parent should take parenting classes. Oh, no. It's her. My cousin. Tersa. She sits there, 
taking air from her chain-smoking habits. To be honest, I am surprised that she is still alive. Whenever I see her, her breath reeks of oil and gusts of smoke. Like the kind of smoke that puffs out of an 18-wheeler's exhaust pipes. Breathing it in. Even though the windows are all rolled up. It'd kill me. Cigarette break. Cigarette break. Puff, puff goes the chimney. Kill us all. Kill us all. Whenever your dad would throw that shit at me. You can't give parenting advice because you can't have kids of your own. Oh no. The tears and tears pouring out of her. As though a knife was wedged nice and hard into her eyes and pressed further inward to shut her up. I creep up into the everlastingly long driveway of my house. Well, it's not my house, but I do sleep and eat and take my occasional shits after a night of no sleep and late night stress eating here. All right. I almost forgot. I run back to the car and grab the pharmacy prescription bag where I hear the 30-day supplement of Xanax, 10 milligrams, rattle back at me like a snake. Hiss. The sudden urge to shut the door in my hand, still gripping tighter and tighter onto the pharmacy bag. I shut the door after removing my hand. As I spin halfway around, it hits me again like a series of tidal waves. Your father owes you an apology for the shit he's put you through. I see my fat bitch of an aunt's face. Oh. Do I dare to reveal her identity? My feet plant themselves in the grass until, somehow and some way, a benevolent force in the air just tugs me to the red front door of my home. My empty home. Mother is at work. Cassie. Cassie. makes me whirl around. Nothing but the fine wine air of a suburban bullshit life roams around me. Stupid picket fences, stupid kids riding their bicycles, stupid parents guarding them like the boogeyman will come out and kidnap them, strangers with candy, candy with strangers. And then, I hear her voice warm its way up sinking deeper into my ear. My mother. Abuse is a strong word, Cassie. Shut up. I'd be very careful how you use it, says the class act of a phony person. Big hair, well-groomed in business pant suit. Who the fuck wears those still? That's right. Turn away. Walk away. Abandon your child. It is only moments before I scribble away in my composition book. Take that, Dr. Reed. 
scribbling and grunting, scribbling and grunting away as I see their faces, those goddamn faces inside of my head. I spot the half-finished alcohol bottle in my aunt's hand. Her eyes dilate by the second. Rat's eyes. Rat's breath. Rat's everything. Getting my hopes up. I pen away, jotting it all down. What am I feeling? How are you feeling? What are you doing? What will you do? How do you control the urges? Better yet, how do you push away the urges to... No. 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 The bruises on Tersa's arms elongate into the sunlight from the ajar black curtains in her closed-off bedroom. She reaches for a nearby prescription bottle. It is the same brand that Dr. Reed gave me. Only, her bottle tips over and nothing spills out onto the shit-cat-pissed-stained carpet. No pills. She is already wired. Far beyond it forever and ever. Calling me a liar. Mother turns her cheek in a rush to leave. At her best, just walk away. Once again. Believe him. Don't believe me. Live in denial, you assholes. I scribble it all over, penning it blacker and blacker until the first hole breaks through the line sheets of paper. My breathing is a bit too harsh, thickening like a sloppy piece of glob by the second. My pen inks faster and faster over and over again and again. Fuck this! Fuck them! Die! 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 Without a sign of denial, I chuck the composition book across the room. The prescription slip follows its lead, too, after I crumple up this bullshit. Round two. It all distorts to life, vamping its way closer and closer to my ear. Cassie. Cassie. Now it turns into a cheap ripoff of Ring Around the Rosie. Creepy, but beautiful. Imagine the worst day of your life ending on a children's riddle. Cassie, 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 Cassie. What the fuck? My eyes shoot wide open, alert and wild like a bobcat's. I am awake, unable to toss over and drift back to sleep. Now, my breathing picks up speed. If the air was cold, it would be thick, vaping gusts of white snow clouds of air. Slowly, my eyes creep on over to the opposite side. Just my eyes. Not my body. My surroundings seep into blurriness, in and out and in and out. Shit. My eyes fight me on this, the urge to put me to sleep, but I will not allow it. Somehow my mind focuses on the fact that I must be awake. Ouch! 
a benevolent force peels my eyes back. It is in crystal clear view. She is in crystal clear view. No longer a small silhouette as I try to blink and blink, but my eyelids will not shut down. I see her at the side of my bed, just inches from me, as she leans in, coming into full cartoon size, then into focus. A young girl, pure innocence, smiling at me like this is all some weird game. You gotta catch me! I open my mouth to speak, but it is too late. She giggles and (laughs) takes off. Fast, too. I push myself up onto my elbows, staring at the ajar bedroom door. Wait a minute. I usually have that closed. Cassie! Cassie! Her squeaky clean voice pierces through the walls, the open door, the red color hue walls, the color hue door. My bedroom is, was, white, boring, dull, but this is Cassie, Cassie. And finally, my head drags itself down. My eyes find the wet spots on my Barbie pajama t-shirt. I blink. Barbie is still there, damped in my sweat. My eyes follow the streams of dampness. I am sitting in my own version of a wetsuit. Cassie. Cassie. Her riddle slows down slow motion, and my legs swing themselves over the edge of the bed. I blink, and instead of one t-shirt, there is two Malibu Barbies that smile back at me, and four hands that belong to her, and myself. My eyes shoot up to the ajar door, which fuzzes in and out. I rub my eyes. My vision is blurrier, my breathing steep. Then, a scream echoes off the walls. Cassie! The room zooms in and out, rocking sideways. Somehow I maneuver to the door. The screaming turns to crying. Cassie, help! I stumble out. My vision is worse. Everything appears darker. Even the walls are red, like blood. I can barely see anything, only shapes. I can't move. The air reeks of burning oil. Cassie! I can't. I say back, but my voice is scratchy. Too scratchy. I can't, I can't see you. I'm sorry. A distorted static noise arises and closes in like a merry-go-round. I cover my ears and squeeze my eyes shut. I won't tell mommy our little secret. I pant for air 
My fingers lock into fists. It hits me hard and fast. Reliving it all. All of it. She's going to need a really good therapist. That voice seeps into one ear and out the other. That girl is all fucked up in the head. Her father would never, ever put a finger on her. Shut up! I scream back into nothingness. I'm telling Mommy. The little girl. But my eyes remain shut. It's not our little secret anymore. Then... A deep, smooth voice filled with soul, and a twist of Hannibal and the witches of Macbeth. Cassie. My body tenses from the shoulders down. I peer up and see at the end of the hall the voice belongs to it. A tall silhouette. Come and give daddy a... In a flash, the silhouette emerges into full, non-blurry view. A man, thirties, dark hair, dark vengeance eyes, holds onto an empty beer bottle. His arms are covered in bruises, spread wide open for a hug. This is... My father. Kiss. His voice becomes snarly, hefty breathing. Alcohol fumes at the corners of his mouth. Something overcomes me. Red, blue, and red again. I scream the 18 years out and charge and push him to the floor. The bottle crashes underneath his arm. Pieces press into him and I scream over and over, I'm not your little girl. I'm not. I'm not. It's your fault. Not mine. Cassie. Cassie. Young girl. Me as a child, flashes slash emerges back and forth as I, my present day self's arms, batter up and down onto his chest, faster and faster. You can't hurt me! My younger self screams, until I take over. Anymore! One last hit. Blood spurts out of his unrecognizable face and squirts up at me. A living night terror. I jolt awake and flip on the light. Nothing. Nobody. I am alone. My vision is back, clear before my breathing lowers. I catch from the corner of my eye 
My fingers locked into fists, nails pressing into skin. I uncurl them and blood seeps out from the fingernail marks on my palms. Then my eyes, bold with terror, just ready to jump right on out as soon as I see. The fingernail marks are also on my legs and arms where blood seems to clear off what appears to be messages. Daddy's little girl. Daddy's little girl. Daddy's little girl. Daddy's little girl. Battle wounds. My throat closes up. I wheeze for air. I rub my eyes. My surroundings blur in and out except for those three words. One of them replaced by daddy's message. They'll never believe you. I try to wipe them off, but the bleeding only progresses. Shit. Not real, I mumble to myself. You're not real. Cassie. That soulful, almost southern charm voice. Back. The new element to every walking dead slash living night terror is the invisible force that drags me back down onto the bed. Screaming. Thrashing. Kicking. Nothing works. My legs and arms are pinned down, resisting me to fight back. No. No, no, no. The distorted, static noise. My father's voice returns. You're just, just like, like us. us. You're just, just like me. The silhouette is standing across the rooms with its arms wide open. You're asking for it. In a flash, the silhouette warps into my father. Drunk, high, he is on top of me. The one who is pinning me down to the bed. Against my Disney princess bedsheets. My pink comforter and Malibu Barbie. Drenched. Sweat dripping from his temples. Pajama t-shirt. I scream and scream at him until his hand finds its way over my mouth. Pressing it down nice and hard. Pressing into me. Starting to adjust. Our little secret, Cassie. He says to me. I can hear his pants jingle their way down. Hold still and snarly voice. Listen to your father. I have no real choice but to wait for it to be over. The physical, the mentality, the... He's not real! My eyes are open, but I do not need to look for a validation. I can already see from the corner of my eye 
as she says again. He's not real, Cassie! My inner child. The young girl is at the edge of the bed, livid and no longer afraid of him. But I am. Go, I whisper to her, tasting the one tear that slides down my cheek and into my mouth. You don't exist! She only screams at our father, moving closer to him, but he pays no attention to her. You don't exist! Wake up. But I can't. My inner child yells and yells at our father who works his way down and up. I take it all at once, suppressing and suppressing all of it. And finally, it just builds and builds. I squeeze my eyes shut and scream with all my might. You don't exist! You don't exist! You drank yourself to death three years ago today! The room shakes like an ongoing earthquake, and suddenly it just gives one loud zap. I run out of there. My eyes are open, wild, and angry, but as I look back into my bedroom, nothing but the ordinary items. He is no longer here. Cassie! From the corner of my eye, a light appears. My inner child heads off into the opposite direction from me, down the hall, towards the oval of light. My younger self glances over her shoulder and gives one of those tight, small, genuine smiles. Then she evaporates into the opening of the light and into the air. Her work has been done. No sign of darkness or red. Just me. Adult me. I drop to my knees on the floor, consumed with joy. Tears of joy, I slowly catch my breath. Thank you, I tell her. Thank you. My arms find their way around my body for a warm, tight hug. I no longer feel or see them. The fingernail marks, messages, are gone. I am here. I am now. I am forever safe.
Our faith is our shield. If Altman was divinely inspired, why did he have to die? Our sword. Back off! Stay back! And our guide. There are those who will infiltrate. I want you to go undercover. And corrupt us. When do I start? It will make us whole. Clean incision. I'll clean up the bleeding. This may be the worst idea I've ever had. Dead Space Deep Cover is available now. New episodes every other week. You can find Dead Space Deep Cover on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at bloody.fm.